Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. 2 Corinthians 8.2 is a powerful verse. In a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are helping believers live a dramatic, victorious life in the context of this crazy culture and in their local church. Hey, we're talking about the book I recently released called Core Culture and the tremendous strategy of generosity that launched the church. So in the next few podcasts, we're going to talk about that strategy and why it's so important to us. So I want to read to you uh, one verse of scripture, okay? And uh, I'm going to comment on that and give you some history on it. This is 2 Corinthians 8, 2. And I would say this is maybe one of the most poetic verses in the Bible. Now that's saying a lot when you got Ecclesiastes and Psalm and Lamentations and Proverbs. But to me, 2 Corinthians 8, 2 is... The music is in the background. Let me read it to you and see if you can just pick out some of the incredible, dramatic statements in this verse. That in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy, their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. So we've got affliction, ordeal, joy, poverty, in liberality. Wow, what a combination that is. There's not too many cooks that could make something great out of that, but that's what the Macedonian church did. So in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, where the Apostle Paul is basically pleading with the Corinthian church, because they're rather well off, to really help the church in Jerusalem, he doesn't use other churches as an illustration or a role model He uses, of all people, the Macedonians. And he describes them here as having deep poverty, an ordeal of affliction, and overwhelming joy and abundance that results in liberality. Come on, that's got to make your face smile. That's got to make your face smile because only the Holy Spirit could do something like this. And that should give us hope in every area of our life where we feel any lack or challenge to know that when we give God a little bit, he can do something so great with it. And that's what he's trying to teach the Corinthian church here. So why the Macedonians? Why did Paul use this, what I call the grand illustration? I talk about that in the book, Core Culture. You know, good teachers... You know, Jesus was a master storyteller. He was a master at giving people illustrations. And so Paul's got the living illustration that every teacher would like to have. So he's asking for generosity, and he says, let me tell you about my friends, the Macedonians. And then he gives this poetic verse. And by the way, when you look up the Greek words in these verses, they are intense. Uh, Like the word affliction is like one of the words used talking about Jesus' crucifixion where he was just 
pressed down and oppressed. You know, it doesn't say poverty. It says deep poverty. They were the poor people's poor people. I mean, the Macedonians were hundreds of years removed from Alexander the Great. Their land had been ruined. It had been trampled over by competing armies that were just looking for a place to fight. You know, their their infrastructures were destroyed. Their agriculture was destroyed. Their culture was destroyed. They were the nothing of nobodies. And nobody suffered worse under the hand of Roman oppression than the Macedonians. And for that reason, they've gone through, at the writing of Scripture, about a hundred years of off and on civil war. Can you imagine? Why would anybody stay in Macedonia? The truth is a lot of people didn't. But there was something interesting that was happening in Macedonia that builds up to this point. In Macedonia, during Jesus' time and prior to Jesus' coming, we could say that there was a Jewish revival that was happening in Macedonia. I want to read you a quote from uh, one of the authors of a Macedonian history, uh, and this is what he says. It is important to understand that before Jesus' time, the Macedonians were just not part of a spiritual revolution, but they were the cause of it. The combination of God-fearing people and the destitute produced converts to Judaism from all races and classes of people the educated and the ignorant of life. So in Macedonia, of all these leftover people, this war-torn, impoverished country, and the Jews of that area were zealous for God, and they converted many people. This historian goes on to tell us that over 50% of the people attending Jewish synagogue on any given Saturday were not, in fact, even Jewish by their ancestral heritage. They were converts or almost or near converts or sympathizers at minimum, at minimum with, the, with Judaism. Why? Because of the programs that the Jews set up there in Macedonia to take care of poor people and to take care of widows and war orphans and all the things that had happened around them. And it was such an incredible witness that there was a great conversion. Now, isn't it interesting that when the Apostle Paul got the call to go, he got the call to go to where? He got the call to go to Macedonia, the Macedonian call, right? He saw a vision saying, please come help us. And he went there and found that the the ground was fertile and they preached and there was revival in Macedonia and that revival spread through all the, the, the world where he was preaching. But yet just not far away in Athens where Paul went to preach, there was not near the same effect, even though those cultures were, were very similar, okay? But Macedonia had this thriving Jewish community that became the bedrock and the stepping stone for mass evangelism. So it's interesting that many of the Jews who converted to Christianity in the first century were not even actually Jews to begin with. They converted to Judaism, and for many of them it was easier to convert to Christianity because they were more truth-seekers than just caught up in religious tradition. 
And the truth is that the Jews in Macedonia made the Jews in Jerusalem very nervous because, you know, when you have an evangelistic church, when you've got people being saved off the street, you know, they don't, you know, they don't dress up in a suit and tie. They don't know all the little nuances of, and all the Christian language and all the lingo. You know, they're going to say and do things that will either make you laugh or make you embarrassed, one or the other, you know. And this is what's happening. And so Paul's appealing to the Corinthian church on behalf of Jerusalem, which is pretty ironic, isn't it? That the Jews who need help are going to get it from, you know, the half-breed Macedonians kind of people that they almost despised. But now in Christ, we're new creatures and old things have passed away and all things have become new. Hallelujah. And so out of Macedonia comes this emergence of generosity. No, we're not given dollar figures. We don't know what it was. And chances are other churches, I would almost guess that other churches gave more. But no one gave at a greater cost. This was the core culture of the Macedonian church. They were givers, not just need meters. They were going forward. And so Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, which we know had some sin issues. They had some pride issues. You know, they kind of looked down at their nose at other people that were less educated and less sophisticated than they were. And who does he pull out of the hat but the Macedonians as the great example of what we should be and how we should be. Because from them emerges one of the most grand illustrations that we find in the entire New Testament. And Paul, being a master teacher and a master builder, digs in to help us understand this. And I think so often we just read, well, oh, you know, the Macedonians. Can you imagine being a Corinthian and having this letter read to you? You know, it's like you're well and prosperous and everything's going well in your home and things are great and you just got a raise and your house is paid for and you're driving a new car and that widow across the street who's lost everything is asking you to match her giving. (laughs) Don't you love the Lord? I mean, that's why these verses are so puffed. I was going to say pathetic. Why they're so prophetic. They might be pathetic if you don't listen to them, I guess. But they're prophetic when you do listen to them. So when you read this story about the Macedonians, that's who you're talking about. You need to understand that they were trying to help those uppity saints in Jerusalem, okay? And that the Corinthians were like, oh, they had to be talked into this. Paul was laying the giving message on them hard and heavy. Now, when you read First Corinthians or Second Corinthians eight and nine, he does not mince words. So, what a heritage we have, and this is literally our core culture of the church. That understanding is what caused the church to multiply, for them to see evangelism and reaching people and meeting people's needs as a great opportunity and a great privilege. That's the core culture that we want to have in our own life, where we compare ourselves to the Macedonians and we don't compare ourselves to the Corinthians. You know what's interesting in this chapter, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9? He really doesn't talk about the need a lot. He talks about the opportunity and he talks about the personalities involved. 
See, God doesn't just want us to be need meters. He wants us to be givers. Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. I'm going to ask you again to read 2 Corinthians 8, 2 Corinthians 9, 39 verses that will change your life. Get it down in your spirit. It'll build faith in you to believe God, to have an open hand and an open heart in your life. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast with me. And why don't you invite a friend to join in with me? God bless you. The understanding of generosity is what caused the church to multiply. What a heritage we have. This should be the core culture of the church. God wants us to be givers. Let's be more like the Macedonian church, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.